Phil recording is back. Neil, how are you doing? Good, buddy. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Tell uh-huh. us who we have in the studio tonight. All right, man. Tonight we have my little buddy Spencer Corbin. How's it going? Uh, going good, man. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. All right, so Spencer is uh, the guitar player, lead guitar player for my band, Johnstone. I think the interesting thing about it is he's like my kid's age, so he's my little buddy. Literally, he's a... Uh, <laughs> He's kind of like the new guy in my house uh, that hangs out, eats my food when he needs it, and plays music with me all the time, so it's pretty cool. Spencer, you're our youngest guest so far. Yes, sir. And the first time we had to break the bourbon rule, so we're not going to drink bourbon on the Top Hill Recording (laughs) Podcast with an under-21 guest. Yeah, I had told Brad immediately after finding that out once I got here, if I'd have known that, Spencer would have never been invited. (laughs) (laughs) But but you did. I'm just kidding. You did. Bring us a drink here. I just popped. I did. So we're drinking uh, Freddy's Old Fashioned Root Beer. Yes, sir. All right. Tell us about this drink here. All right. So this drink, Freddy's Old Fashioned Root Beer, is made by Buffalo Trace. What? Which is a bourbon distiller. Are you serious? I didn't know that. It is. And the whole story behind it is that this is named after one of their tour guides, that was a third-generation Buffalo Trace tour guide, and he loved the company so much and was so dedicated to it that they gave him his own drink of the old-fashioned way, which is root beer. <laughs> is so there awesome. it is. Bottom line, Buffalo Trace Distillery. Yeah. Frankfort, Kentucky. So we're about as close as you can get. Yeah. And the very top of that bottle is correct. Isn't that neat? Isn't that <laughs> Isn't neat? That neat? How cool is that? So Freddie was a tour guide. He must say, hey, hey, he must hey, have liked cheers. to say, hey, daddy, yo. So cheers. Oh, cheers. I root. feel a lot better about drinking and uh, not having bourbon now. Yeah, root beer. That is a cool story, too. Mm, that's good, too. That's mm-hmm. excellent. All right, Spencer. Thanks for being here with us tonight. We're excited to talk Thank to you, you and uh, hear what you have to say. So why don't you take us back a little bit? In your years. All right. Not very far. You didn't have to go very far for that. <laughs> How old are you, Spencer? I am 18 years old. Okay. I'm going to be turning 19 February 28th. Okay. Uh-oh. Birthday announcement. Yeah. February 28th. Dropping birthdays. I think this will be out right before all that, too, so he'll be man. Yeah, it's going to be close. So yeah, send birthday fine. gifts is what he's saying. <laughs> Let's go back and tell us how you got into music, how you got into playing the guitar, where music came into your life. Well... A really, really long time ago, 
whenever I was about... Like Neil said, it couldn't have been too long ago. Four, <laughs> four or five. I always remember going with my dad, driving everywhere in his truck, and he would play rock music. And my favorite was ACDC. So, like, mm-hmm. I grew up listening to ACDC, Def Leppard, you know, all the 80s and 70s hard rock guys. So what's your favorite ACDC song? Oh, man. Fly on the Wall. Fly on the Wall. Yeah. It's like a B-side. It's a great song. Here's one thing I know about Spencer. He's never going to give you the expected, like, it's going to be some some B-side or it's going to be some real uh, obscure thing. Right now, everybody's out there Googling Fly on the Wall, see if it's really an ACDC song. Yeah, they were thinking, here's what they first were thinking. They were going, he really don't know any of these ACDC songs. He's having to sit here and go, all right, crap. ACDC, what do they what do they sing? What do they sing? But now then it comes over and fly on the wall. Like, okay. Yeah. He knows what he's talking about. So that was your first song. Was that your first song or was that your first kind of experience that you went, that's pretty cool? It was my very first experience of sitting there and listening to something that made me feel just something that I've never felt before. So what made the drive with dad listening to rock significant my mom and dad listen raised me listening all different types of music i mean everything from bb king to billy holiday i mean they played everything because they are music lovers but they don't play instruments at all and so listening to heavier rock music that my mom necessarily didn't like listening to so it wasn't on quite as often so whenever i got to listen to acdc and all these other guys in the truck with my dad you know it just made it really really memorable so your dad listened to rock music and your mom oh, yeah. probably listened to audiobooks oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely definitely i can see scott corbin listening to some acdc on a like saturday he, morning going oh yeah you know what's Rocking. crazy did he have a mullet no uh, no 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 he did on, have scott. blonde hair though at one time i do remember that he had like frosted tips i remember oh, that there's got to be a picture of that somewhere there is <laughs> And you know what's also crazy is that at the same time, I also got into hip-hop because my dad was also blaring Beastie Boys and Snoop Dogg and Ice Cube and, you know, all these, like, heavy gangster rap guys, you know, in the car. Well, Marquis too. That was an interesting time for music, really. I mean, yeah. you're, you're kind of growing up in a real mesh where music is, isn't just a genre anymore. Hip-hop, mm-hmm. that door was really kicked wide open by Run DMC and Aerosmith. But, yeah. man, there's been so many people that have collaborated on cool music in your generation coming up. I want uh, to tell a story on my wife. Let's hear it. You just mentioned Run DMC and Aerosmith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was when you could turn on MTV and watch videos. Oh, best days, yeah. So Walk This Way comes on, and she looks at me. I start busting out laughing because I did not think there was any way she was serious. And she said, you know, that band, they got they got really feel fortunate to get on there with Run DMC. <laughs> she, had no what? I, she had no idea who Errol Smith was. What? You know what? That's nice. They should because it really kick-started their career again for like a second time. Yeah. It yeah. did bring yeah. back 
so in, in in a weird way she was right although she didn't know who, she knew who they were after that though just like a bunch mm-hmm. of other people like her yeah so you don't know who that is well you what that's hilarious oh, i got a question yeah. when, when you heard acdc and when you heard the rock music mm-hmm. what were you what were you drawn to were you drawn to the power of it were you drawn to the music itself were you drawn to I mean, you're five. You're not drawn to a message. You barely yeah. know what words are. <laughs> but was it specifically an instrument or was it just something? I was really sick whenever I was younger, so I had to learn how to communicate with adults very, very young. So by five, I could talk to adults and somewhat carry a conversation. So I kind of knew what they meant. But, you know, dirty deeds, it's the power and the drive and the heavy, loud, just powerhouse of a feeling that you get head banging and all this other stuff you know which i can attest he still likes loud and powerful rock guitar <laughs> so is he like most guitarists there tell is, him how to tell him turn down about there, four times a rehearsal there is no such thing as too loud <laughs> <laughs> no he really does a good job with it i think that uh, playing with a bunch of guys who are older kind of is good for him in that way because all you guys have already ruined your hearing so it doesn't bother you how out of place <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> no i think there was a there was there's kind of a timidness when you when you play with people that are kind of like what roger and i spoke of when we not necessarily being the worst in the band but he was the least experienced in the band he wasn't used to playing although he's played with other people and pl- plenty of them now he's playing with a bunch of older guys who've done it for a long time there probably was a timidness. This is just speaking out of me thinking to sit back in the pocket for a little while, not go too crazy, not explore too much. But the more, the more confidence you get, and the more uh, reassurance you get as a player, the the more you stretch your legs. And he had the ability to do everything that he does now. Then, but he wasn't doing it because he was finding his place. So now I think it's encouraged, and it gives him a little bit more legs to do whatever kind of what he wants. But that probably was a good thing for him and a good spot for him to be in as a, as a young kid yeah. coming into a situation. You're, you're listening to rock music before you get in elementary school. Did, yeah. you, did you pick up any instruments in elementary school? I actually started guitar lessons uh, whenever I was eight. They have like the school of rock type of deal at Guitar Center. I had like two years of lessons. Was that your lesson? The School of Rock, is that where you had, or did you have separate guitar lessons? Um, that was like a side. I had guitar lessons first for about a year, year and a half. Who was your guitar teacher? Uh, his name was J.C. Gay. He unfortunately passed away. Do you all remember First Quality whenever it was yes. open? That's where I yes. took guitar lessons. Okay. And my very first guitar, I got it on my eighth birthday. The person that inspired me to play guitar and to pick up an instrument was my grandfather. From five until eight, I had been listening to this rock music and listening to hip hop and jazz and country music, very diverse, different types of, you know, sounds. Hear that fizz? That's good root beer. I still can't get over that Spencer found a root beer that's brewed (laughs) <laughs> and sold by Buffalo Trace. I knew the story. That shows so, you've been listening to our podcast. I have been. <laughs> what was your first guitar? Did your grandfather buy it or did you... Uh... It was my grandmother and grandfather, my mom's mom and her stepdad. 
bought it for me and it was a Les Paul studio. It was a Gibson Les Paul studio, which at the time I didn't know that that was a big deal. But that's an expensive guitar. It's not, not to a typical just give. first guitar. Yeah, for an eight-year-old. Yeah, yeah, for an eight-year-old kid. Hope you learn how to play it. Yeah. Then they gave me a Line Six, a hundred and fifty watt Spider digital amp. But you still have, right? I still do yeah, have it. Have so and my it, first guitar was a Les Paul Studio. Really? Epiphone. It was an Epiphany. <laughs> it was a Les Paul Epiphany Studio. <laughs> So, as you know, yeah, your, your mom and I worked together. That, yeah. was, that was that time. I remember that. I can mm-hmm. remember when you were at the School of Rock. What songs did you do? Oh, man. Real question is, did you do any ACDC? We did do ACDC. That's all that matters. And it probably wasn't your favorite song. I'm sure it was something it wasn't, like... It was It was a really, really or... dumbed-down version of Back in Black. There and you, you had a female singer in your group, didn't you? I, yeah, we did. I Her have no idea Gabby. why I, I can remember yeah. this. I have no idea <laughs> why. It's <laughs> coming back right now. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that weird how that happens? That's but I also funny. just remembered something, too, that you'll probably get into... I can remember your mother packing that big upright bass. Oh, yeah. And to work from time to time. So where did that yeah. come into picture? So that was in middle school. So we're not there yet. Yeah, we're not there yet, oh, but okay. we're really, really close. When you're eight years old, what grade are you in? Third? Yeah. Third grade? Second? Maybe. Second. I don't know. Early in elementary school, yeah. you're taking lessons. Mm-hmm. Did, did it stick from the beginning? Because I probably had a guitar at six, but mm-hmm. after I got my first couple lessons, it settled in the house for two or three years before yeah. I but ever your thought first, about wanting to play again. Your first song that you talked about on this podcast, though, was Mary Had a Little Lamb, and he's going to that rock school in that, That's what I'm saying. Did, <laughs> yeah. did it stick, or was it kind of like, eh, and then later it became this thing where you just couldn't set it down? Once I heard the music and kind of figured out how to play some chords, I liked it. But the thing that I didn't like is practicing. I remember me, my dad making me sit in my room, and he would sit there and watch me practice just for 30 minutes. And I would hate it. I would cry. I hated it. But he told me, he's like, listen, if you want to be like these guys, Gotta you do have to practice. And I had been practicing and been playing guitar bands and all different types of stuff. Uh, all the way from elementary school into sixth grade. And that's where it gets us into yeah, so that's, middle uh, school. That, that reminds me of Toy. His first experiences with music weren't the best. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like you're saying the same thing. You kind of had to be uh, forced to practice. And I guess if, I you're, if you're paying for uh, guitar lessons, you, you want to practice. Well, and here's the thing that I really that I've really thought about, and I still think about it today, because, you know, as all of us know, it is hard to practice because it's hard to find time. You're always busy, you know, all these things. But it really does hurt learning how to play guitar. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, your fingers hurt. They have to build calluses, and that's what hurt, and that's why I didn't want to play is because it actually physically hurt. But once I got past that... Then I was fine, and I took off. I'm telling you. Like, I did not... My dad actually has pictures of me falling asleep on my bed holding my guitar with the amp on from where I was playing in the middle of the night, and I just fell asleep. I mean, practicing from morning to night. That's something that continues today. You still play every day, a few hours. How long do you think you play a day? 
Oh man, I actually go to school to play guitar. I go to Y Pass. Uh, they have a classical guitar program. So Y Pass um, for our listeners, that's what. Mm-hmm, that is the Youth Performing Arts School, and it is uh, a magnet of Dupont Manual High School. Well, we got to step way back because <laughs> to even get into man- talking to Manual, we need yeah. to talk about that bass because oh, that yeah. is why you got in Manual. So yeah, you was. transitioned from being a guitar player mm-hmm. to going into school. And when you went into middle school, did you decide, hey, I want to be in the orchestra. I want to play an instrument. Or what, what was it that made you decide to do that? It's actually really, this is a funny story. I walked into middle school and into the orchestra room, and they asked us what we wanted to play. And sixth grade year, I went to Highland Middle School. Wasn't the best experience. I I didn't really learn how to play bass. They just kind of said, we need a bass player, here you go. And they didn't really teach me how to do much, but... Then I went to Western Middle School my seventh grade year, and this is when music really started to happen and where I actually learned how to play the bass. So while you're playing upright bass, are you still continuing to practice and play your guitar? I am. And walking into middle school, um, they asked us what we wanted to play, and I looked at the conductor and the orchestra teacher, and I said, I play guitar. And she's like, well, we don't have guitar. And I'm like, well... I'll bring mine in. It's okay. I, you know, I'll, I'll play guitar. And she, and she was like, no, darling, you can't play guitar in a classic orchestra. And I was like, okay, well, what can I play? And then she said, we have a bass. So whenever she said bass, I was thinking bass guitar. So I was about to like rip it like, you know, Flea or like Victor Wooten or something, you know, playing bass guitar. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then she throws something at me that's two times taller than me. It was very unexpected, but it was probably one of the best things that have ever happened. So what happened when you went and when you walked in the door at Western? Well, Western Middle School is a performing arts middle school in, you know, Louisville, Kentucky. I got into contact with Kim Rice, which you also know, Brad. Mm-hmm. And she was the principal at the time. And then I auditioned. So you had to have an audition, which is crazy to hear that in middle school you have to audition for. You know, they just had to know what you knew and what you didn't know. Um, so I went in and I auditioned. I didn't know much. But a guy that still is an influence to me today, his name is Robert Dixon. He is the current orchestra uh, teacher at Mail. He is a great guy. He told me that since I wanted to play guitar, that he would teach me how to play the upright bass. And then I could also play guitar after school. So I would bring in my amp after school and my guitars after school, and he would... Me and him would jam if he gave me bass lessons and if I paid attention. So, you know, I really paid attention to him, and he did the most to help me learn how to read music. He stayed after school, I mean, probably an hour every single day and made me play this Star Wars note-reading game. You had to guess which note it was. And you had to blast it, you know, and it taught you how to read your notes. So you read music? 
I do. Do you read music with your guitar? I do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know how to read both uh, treble clef and bass clef, and I also play a little bit, a little bit of piano, so I can kind of read piano, you know, music as well. Can we back up for just a minute? Yeah. You call it School of Rock or Rock School? Um, it School of Rock. Sure. So, <laughs> we can, that's what we so, can call it. You guys do a show, right? Uh, yeah, we did do shows. Was that at Mom's Music Store, or did no, you play? No, that was at Guitar Center. Those are two separate things. So there was one rock school, one school of rock. So there are oh. whatever they are. So they're okay, two separate. So you so did Guitar Center. Yeah, guitar I did the Guitar program. Center thing. So was that your first shows ever being on a stage in front yep. of people? The re- that's the reason I wanted to go back to see how that was to yeah, play in front of it people. It was scary. It was so <laughs> scary. And it was at the Hard Rock Cafe every time. That's a big spot. It, yeah. And it is a big and spot. And I'm sure it was full. Oh, packed. You yeah. couldn't, I mean, you, you couldn't have. You kids have play a, music, it's going to be Packed. Yeah, yeah. It, it was jam packed. I mean, they were filled up the place. No seats. Um, people would stand outside and listen to us too. All experiences he has not had with Johnstone Band. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many uh, bands played that night from the oh, rock school? Man. Um, several. Yeah, several. Okay. Five. Um, and it always started with the really little kids, and you know, just worked its way up to the older guys. So did you start as the little kid and finish as the older guy? Kind of. I kind of quit doing the School of Rock thing in middle school, actually. As you were transitioning into, into orchestra. Oh, no. So you did, that, you did that more than once. Yeah, okay. so you had to, like, sign up. It was, like, every season. So I signed up every season, you know, and it got me ready to perform and not be scared to perform in front of people, you know, and not have that worry of, oh, my God, what are they going to think? What about this criticism? You know, oh, my God, what are people going to say? Do you go in with your band or do you get there and they pair you up with other musicians? How does that work? You get there and they pair you up with random musicians or people that have the similar taste in music. Do they base it on like, okay, this kid's this far advanced, this kid's this far advanced? Yes. yes. So they don't stick you with somebody? No, no, no. You're not going to be like a savant and sit there and be with like a five-year-old kid learning how to play drums. That's pretty cool. I stopped playing in those rock bands after I found a band that I was in and that I played with for a little bit uh, in middle school. All of those performances and also the orchestra performances not only taught me how to be a good musician, but it also taught me how to perform on stage, how to have a, um, you know, a stage presence and really how not to be nervous in front of people and how to take criticism. In middle school, you were playing in the orchestra, and you also Mm -hmm. had a band. I did, Where did you guys practice? We practiced at uh, our drummer's house. You you stay in contact with those guys, any of them? Um, Some of them. Me and the drummer do a little bit, but uh, the other guys don't. They went off to college. We can't get to college yet. Don't ask me about college yet. We're still got so... (laughs) We're not even in high school. So you got in seventh and eighth grade, I guess, were your huge years of of basically Mm -hmm. info intake. Yes. Those, those I think, are the biggest growth years for you to learn Mm -hmm. and really take in, especially if you're in the groove of what you love to do. Yeah. And you get that info, especially reading music or mm-hmm. learning another language. Because I, I consider uh, if you can read and play music, it's another language. It it's is, just yeah. as valuable as learning Spanish. It really is. And, and it's probably a more universal language mm-hmm. because I can pick up a guitar and go anywhere in the, in the world, just like you or mm-hmm. you, and play a song. And if there's another musician, they can play with me. 
It's it, it is a language. Here's my problem with the guitar. I can read music, but I don't know the notes on the fretboard. Oh, it, well, it, that's easy. How many times have you went? Uh, you know, you, somebody's playing music, and you get in, you start playing it too, and you hear it, and you're playing it. Oh, that was in G. After you're done, never. If you can hear it and play it, just hear it and play yeah, it. Who cares yeah. what, what, what it is? I'm just saying, you know, if to read music, you have to know the, the notes on the fretboard, you know, if you're going to read a piece of music and yeah. play it. Did yeah. you learn to play by sight in middle school? Yeah. So in middle school, they taught us, they had us do ear training as well as how to read music and sight reading. What do you, what do you find more important? Hmm. Actually, neither of them are more important than the other. They are both equally important. So this is how it's benefited, you know, me, is that today there was this kid in the hallway playing jazz piano, amazing jazz piano. And uh, he asked me, he's like, hey, you play guitar? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, hey, come over here and jam. I'm not, a, I'm not a jazz guitar player. But he's like, all right, listen to these chords. So I listened to the chords, and he also had the chord sheet up that had the notes but didn't have the note names over them. So he would play the chords, and for anyone that knows jazz, they have a bunch of inversions, you know, diminished, you know, diminished sevenths, minors, all different types of crazy stuff. They're constantly moving. Yeah, all the time. All the time. He would play the basic chords, and that's what I would listen to, and I would pick up, and I'm like, okay, that note sounds like an A chord, or that sounds like an A7 diminished. Or, you know, something like that. And so I could listen to those notes and I could play them on guitar just from what I was hearing. But then to play the melody so I knew what the melody was while he was playing the chords, I could read off of his chart to read the notes of the melody. So you're listening to the notes but reading music to get the timing. Exactly. Yeah. And only in a youth performing arts school do they have pianos sitting around in the hallway and people stopping it's and playing crazy. Some jazz. They really do. Is they really do. They're everywhere. <laughs> so uh, xylophones too. They're everywhere. So when you were by the end of eighth grade year, as a bass player, mm -hmm. you're you're three years in. You've been playing guitar for years. Yeah. At this point, are you being told, "Hey, man, you"? You need to really explore this option. You, mm -hmm. you, I know you're a guitar player. I know your yeah. first loves guitar, but you're really uh, pretty good at this upright bass. You mm -hmm. go try out for Y Pass. Yeah, was that kind of the path that was laid out, or did um, was it something that that you seeked out uh, trying to mm -hmm. grow it? But how how that manifest? So it's crazy because in middle school they had a ranking system in orchestra. They mm -hmm. always do. Yes. They have first chair, second chair, third chair, fourth chair. However many people are in that section, that's how many chairs there are. The best gets first chair, you know, then the second best gets second, so mm -hmm. on and so forth. Well, going into seventh grade, there was already a bass player there. You know, she was pretty good, way better than I was. But I was a quick learner, and naturally... Ever since I was little, I could pick up something and I could play a rhythm or I could hear something and I could just sing the pitch. I just had a natural ear for sounds. That's how I learned really, really fast. I was getting it left and right. So then seventh grade year, we had chair auditions and no one was expecting me to get first chair at all. I was not the better bass player, but somehow some miracle 
I got first <laughs> chair, and I kept first chair position all every single chair test. Then it wasn't a every miracle, six then. weeks. If yeah. You did it time after time. Well, I thought it was. I just remembered uh, we talked about reading music, and mm-hmm. I, I told you I, I played trumpet in middle school. Neil, mm-hmm. we talked about that. I was first chair in eighth grade, and the all. You know, I think it might have been all county. I said all state when we talked about it. All yeah. state sounds better, but it might have been Keep all it, county. It's all state. No, it's all, I thought it was all national. But we talked about reading music. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember we had, I don't know if you call it a playoff or what. You know, there were yeah. two of us that were going for first chair. Yeah. And the deciding factor was exactly. they gave us a, a sheet of music neither one of us had ever seen. And we had to play that the sight from reading. sight. Yeah. Sight reading. And I yeah. won first chair by sight reading. You did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what happened to me. I, since I had the natural ear, my teacher would play it for us in class. And since he would play it for us in class, I would say, oh, well, that's the A note. Well, that's where it is on the bass, and that's where it is on the paper. You're and in so, eighth grade, correct? Um, seventh no, wins uh, first chair. Okay, so we're and in then you keep grade. it seventh keep, and eighth grade. Yeah, keep it seventh and eighth grade. And then that's whenever my bass teacher which was uh, Bert Witzel, he was the first chair bass player in the Louisville Orchestra. Okay. And he was the one that was like, he's like, I'm a professional, and you really, really need to see this through. You know, you're, you're a good bass player. You learn fast, and you are very willing to learn and just keep going. Did you have your own upright bass? Uh, <laughs> finding an upright bass is incredibly difficult. Uh, it took us weeks and months, I mean almost months. Yeah, it took us about two months to find a base, and we had to go to Cincinnati to get it. So we had to rent this base from Cincinnati, drive it all the way back home, make payments every single month. Wow. It took you that long to find one to rent. Yeah, yeah those are not just cheap. to rent, not even yeah. to buy. That's okay. just to rent. And yeah, Doo-Wop Shop has them and stuff like that, but they have ones for like little kids. Not like full-size ones like I would need. So we had to find a full-size one, and they're incredibly difficult to find. Do you still own an upright bass? I do not. Did you ever? I did. Yeah, okay. Oh, you should have kept that. Well, we rented it for a while, and then we thought about, we were thinking about buying it. But that goes right back into auditioning into Y-Pass. So what age did you get your first razor? Because you have to have the best beard in high school. <laughs> um, I, think I, I, I didn't have a beard like that until I was 35. Dude, I still don't have a beard like I that. Think, I think I actually started shaving in the eighth grade. In the eighth grade, I started getting some like noticeable facial hair that didn't look so great. So it was like once a month I would have to shave it, and then ever so often it just kept coming back faster and faster so you audition to manual you become a bass player you have to do that for a couple years but then they open up a classical music or a classical guitar class which Mm -hmm. is the first time they've ever had any type of yeah guitar program at manual right yeah it's uh actually the not the first one at manual but the first one in kentucky so now yeah actually for the past couple years has transitioned from bass back into the first love, which is the guitar. Yeah, right back into guitar. So, so now he really does get to play and practice like eight hours a day. So I really, yeah. All the time. Does the orchestra teacher hate you? He does not. They <laughs> um, got plenty of talent at Mando to cover that bass. And, let, and you know what's funny is 
playing in an orchestra taught me a lot. Like, it teaches you a lot, playing with a ginormous group of people. And I remember back uh, in one of your all's episodes, whenever you all were talking about egos. And, you know, just having an ego. And being in an orchestra in a big group like that really, you know, you, you really get to see how people react, you know, and how people have egos. And uh, especially how orchestra works, it is so competitive because everyone wants that first chair spot. Well, and you're also in a school where all the best players in the state exactly. you know, are in the city. Are. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's 100% selective and they can... They can accept whoever they want, no matter what. Well, it becomes what you talked about earlier without realizing it when you stay after every day and you mm-hmm. practice so you can play guitar after mm-hmm. your practice. After That's how you get better. Yeah. I mean, that's why you got that first exactly. year. You spent hours and hours. You did stuff that other people don't do and then aren't willing to do. Yeah. What's a typical day at school for you? I mean, how, many, how much time um, do you spend in performing arts classes? Well... Actually, we have block scheduling, so we have two different days. We have a red day, and then we have a white day. So today was like it was a red day. So first block, which we have four blocks every day, and they are an hour and a half, so 90 minutes. First block was math, second block chemistry. Third block, I had a guitar a technique and repertoire class. And then fourth block, I also had uh, guitar technique and repertoire class. You're in performing arts classes half the day on that three hours. Day three hours. Okay. Yeah, a white day uh, consists <laughs> of first block English, second block uh, guitar, which is that would be the guitar ensemble class, which is like the guitar orchestra. Uh, and then I have a cooking class, a foods class, and then a uh, tough singer schedule. I tell you. <laughs> And then I have a, uh, I actually help uh, the custodians and the staff over in the manual office um, with all of their stuff. So who's the Um, baddest guitar at your high school? Oh, man, there are so many good ones. Don't answer that question, man. No, 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 no. (laughs) Don't answer that question. (laughs) be like, oh, my teacher's the best by far. See, listen, you know what's crazy, though, is like, Switching from orchestra to guitar, there was a complete, I mean, vibe and energy change. I mean, the two are completely different. Orchestra was very high stress, very high intensity. You know, if you don't play the note right, then you're getting cut off of that part. I mean, like, it was strict. And then switching over to guitar, Mr. Kagan is very laid back. But he is still a teacher, you know. He's still very stern, but he is a more laid back and positive. He believes in nutrition is best for playing and for being a musician. So keeping in shape, like we meditate before class for about 15 minutes so then we can get our body right. Like this is what like guitar class is like. Get and out of here. you kidding me I with this swear crap. To God. Let's get our mind right before we play guitar. Hey, I like it. I like yeah. it. And I want to that. And that goes into mindfulness, I'm which Daryl has. And, uh, you know, we practice mindfulness in, in our guitar classes. And, uh, you know, and then we uh, we stretch and we do uh, different things and pop our knuckles and different 
stuff like that to help. So have you ever been in the middle of meditation and the principal come on and say, we need such and such at the office? Yes. <laughs> and has, a, has time, the such and such ever been you? A few times. <laughs> a All few right, times. so let me re-ask the baddest guitar question. Who's the guy that you yeah. like to go to and talk to because you learn from? Oh. Maybe you guys learn from each other. Neil. Neil, that's, yeah. he's not at your school. Not at your school, man. Well, I mean, he teaches me. That does take me into a question I have. So you've got this formal. He'd like a school. You've got this yeah. formal education, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're learning probably music theory, yeah. about the guitar history, and whatever else you learn in guitar classes. And then you've you've got Neil, who yeah. invited you to play with him, introduced yeah. you to some things. So what's the difference between the learning there and? What do you think so, you get from both? So, uh, back to your school question. At school, it would be Mr. Kagan because he is—he is very understanding, and he is—he is probably the best guitar player, teacher, professor I've ever had. Like, he is bad. Does, I he, mean, does like, he play out? Uh, See any bands or anything? Not that I know of. I know that every once in a great, great while he'll go out and play at like Vincenzo's or something like that. And his now fiance is also a singer, and so she sings jazz and he'll play jazz guitar. I bet that's cool. Heck yeah. Yeah, he's and they both have great voices. They can both sing, and I mean they're awesome. Uh, but like you said about the difference between the two is um, at school we learn classical techniques. So, like, we learn about body positioning. We learn about how the fingers are supposed to be pressed down on the string in a certain pressure, how our uh, fingers on our right hand or left hand, if you're a left-handed guitar player, are supposed to be to play finger style. So do they show you the show closing, mm-hmm. widespread legs, windmill, <laughs> throw your pick? No, that would be Neil over here. He teaches all that stuff. Yeah, yeah so I don't have to do it because I ain't doing it. <laughs> he, he, do see, it. it's funny. It, it, it's like the movie School of Rock. I go to school. <laughs> I go to school. I play classical music all day, and then I come over to Neil's house later, and then, and then that's whenever I get to rock out and... We get to learn and do some pretty fun stuff. And don't get me wrong, school is also a great time, too. It's a blessing to be able to play music every single day. So do you play a classical guitar at school? I do, yeah. So, okay. What's your favorite classical piece to play? Man, that's hard. Um, what one, are you playing right now? Right now, I'm playing a sore etude. Uh, it's um, Opus 16, number four. Um, it's a beautiful, very melancholy Whenever I listen to it, whenever I play it, it kind of gives me, uh, you know, kind of like a Edgar Allan Poe feel. You know, it's very rhythmic. I'm going to put yet, you on the spot here, man. Can you play it on it. your steel string? Oh, probably not. Okay. <laughs> probably not. I wish I could. Do you want to try? Yeah, maybe not tonight. I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning how to play it right now. All That's right, so what you I'm, have one that you know? Process. Actually, I did play this in a classical concert i did learn how to play blackbird because technically it is a classical guitar piece with singing what? That over don't count. <laughs> it works beatles yeah, yeah. that's not classical that's music not classical that's not classical but it enough. is a classical guitar song is it okay yeah. it's like Finger calling style. a 79 Oldsmobile classic car <laughs> <laughs> so maybe next time you, yeah. you'll have to bring your classical guitar how long have you been playing with neil oh man 
Half to his life honest, in a year and a half. <laughs> to be honest with you, like, it's just gone by so fast that it's just, I haven't been able to keep count. I don't know what the date was, but I remember the first time we actually really yeah. played together was at yeah. Fairdale Pizza. I was on the Derby City Pizza Tour. Played one of those about every weekend or every other. And Chris was up. My brother was up for the night. It wasn't nuts in there. It was just no. an, it was a pretty <laughs> chill night. Not yeah. a lot of people. Probably about this time of year, maybe a little bit before, which is generally not a crazy crowded time. No. Somehow Chris was on the phone with Scott, Corbin, Spencer's dad, and, and said, Hey, Neil. Can I tell Spencer to come up and bring his guitar? I was like, yeah. Because on nights like that, you know, some nights it's just a, a great time. Mm-hmm. Everybody's into it. And, and time just flies. Yeah. You know, those nights you do, if you're there for three hours, you may end up doing two sets of an hour and a half because you're just having too much fun to stop playing, which I've done plenty of times. And, you know, when you take that break, a lot of people are going to leave. So you really don't want to take that first break. You just <laughs> want to keep on moving. Well, this wasn't one of those nights. No. This was a night that... Hey, can you yeah. turn down? You're just disturbing our pizza. Hey, shh, shh, shh. Hey, you're loud. Man, and you're ugly. It makes it worse. It makes this pizza even worse. Now, so I was elated to have somebody come up and sit in. It's always in the vein of, hey, can he come up and play a couple songs with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm always okay with, because if it's good, it's good. And we just, I'll try to keep them up and, like, Anytime Sharf comes, or I go down there with, and he was there, or vice versa, we try to get each other to stay up as long as possible. So that's a good thing about Sharf. He has a ton of instruments. He can just say, "Hey, grab that guitar, stay up here the next," and we just jam. Spencer and Scott ended up showing up, and he had that brought his guitar with a couple awesome signatures on it. Doc Watson, and yeah, and Peter Rowan. Peter Rowan. It was Doc Watson's guitar. It's a 1974 Martin D35. Yeah, which was the first thing I was like, "That's a pretty nice guitar." <laughs> <laughs> but he just followed along what I was doing, and, and he got it. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to say anything. It was real easy as long as. I was playing something that didn't have a bunch of weird, stupid changes that he'd never heard before, which I didn't play any of those, I don't think. Actually, actually, you got me with one. Which one? Trippin' Billies. Oh, yeah, yeah, By yeah, Dave yeah, yeah. Matthews. Which he, I hadn't played that in years, so it didn't count. I just, well, but what was funny about that night is that I remember uh, he was taking a break, and uh, I walk up to him. We introduce or each other, and... He said, do you want to come up and play a song? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we play one song. And then he goes, hey, you want to play another song? And I was like, yeah, sure. I was only supposed to play like three or four songs, you know, just to go up there, have fun. I ended up playing the rest of the night. Yeah. Up until that point, I never met anyone that connected the same way I did with music to where we could just do it. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. have to think about it. He didn't have to think about it. We could just do it. It was natural. And it was like we've been playing together for 20 years. And I'm not even that old. <laughs> you need to remember that in 20 years when some 18 year olds want to come play guitar with you. Oh, trust me, but I am. He it, gave me an opportunity that if I never met him, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Well, it's it's funny, though, because the people that that really inspired me to play and that I still even on the level of playing with and got it immediately were 
Jeff and Daryl, who are 20, 30 years older than me. Ron Davidson, Matt Davidson, who was six, seven years older than me. It was always guys that were were older than I was until I met the guys at Voodoo Symphony. Even Toy was, you know, three or four years older than me. So I always played with guys that are older and more advanced musicians that I could learn from and that in many ways taught me lessons that, that I couldn't learn otherwise. Mm-hmm. So and, and it wasn't even a give back. I didn't it's just when you meet somebody that you yeah. play with, that you connect with. Because the last thing I thought when we started that night when he came played was, all right, hey, come, let's let's have another gig. And then after that, like, hey, come jam with the band. And then to be a part of the yeah. band and then to, you know, be an extended part of the family and, and come up a lot to, to play music and, and write and do those things. Number one, he's young and has the time to do that when a lot of your friends that are <laughs> our age don't have that time. Yeah. I didn't think I'd be hanging out with an 18, almost 19-year-old kid. I've got an 18-year-old kid, and I've got kids that are teenagers, the boys that really look up to him uh, because, you know, he comes in. He, but first thing he does is talk to the boys, talks to Ethan, yeah. talks to Jackson. Hey, you know, I love him so, like my brothers, yeah. too. So, yeah. you know, he's coming in a good influence on my kids as well. But, yeah, like, it's weird. I, it doesn't matter his age because on a music level, we connect. He mm-hmm. gets it. He has a lot of the similar taste probably because of his dad and the the stuff that his mom was listening to and yeah. the mix of all that stuff, just like I've talked about how much of a mix I have in, in my music, and, and that probably is part of it. And yeah. I can play, I can strum one note, just like if he did strum one note, I can play the rest of the song, Yeah, unless it's something crazy. Because I, I can go, okay, I know where you're going. Right, yeah. G, 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 okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. All right, that's we the got song. it. Yeah, done. There are only so many people that you can do that with and connect with. That's what I speak of when I speak of the the language of music. Mm-hmm. There's just something about it. You can pick it down, you can put it up, you can. But when you pick it back up and then you connect with those people, it's a different level of connection. It's a, it's a. I get the language you're speaking. Yeah. Let's go play it. Let's go do it together. This is cool. Yeah, I think that it goes to show that, and and I'm just saying this because, you know, it's important to me, but, you know, there are a lot of places in the United States that don't have music in schools, and they don't have music programs, and they're shutting arts and music programs down in uh, high schools, elementary schools, and middle schools, and it goes to show you how powerful and how impactful music can be on a young kid's life you know because I went from a little bitty kid growing up listening to music and finding family I found a place to where I feel like I'm at home you know and that just goes to show how important it is to put music into people's lives especially places that that have trouble because it can really change the lives of kids yeah yeah do you know all all the John Stone band songs now? Pretty much. Okay. So how many shows have you played with them? Oh God, a lot. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, we played a lot, and then yeah. anything we played over the past. See a full time member year? of the band now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. he's getting ready to go off to school though. Uh, he's going to be a part time member whenever he can make it to the shows. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get down to wherever he is. That's. Which is cool, man. That's the cool thing coming up. He's got a big audition at Belmont. He's got other things in the works. So he's prepping himself 
for the for the big time here. Hopefully, so how does that my uh, fingers? How does that work with Belmont? So you apply, and then then mm-hmm. what happens after your um, application's accepted? I'm actually auditioning for music therapy, which hmm. goes into something, you know, which goes into a whole nother uh, thing with high school and music and how it's impacted my life. I'm auditioning for music therapy, and with the music therapy program, you have to do um, whatever your choice of focused instrument. So I'm choosing guitar, as people could guess, and I'm going to be auditioning with guitar. I go February 8th, I sign in, um, and then I wait for them to call my name. And that's how that's going to go down. Say my name, say my name. (laughs) So they do that at the audition? Yeah. A group of people go in and audition, and they yeah. basically have a cut list. And Pretty they, they, much. They say who made the team. Pretty much. That same day. Yeah. Okay. So when is this? Uh, February 8th. I didn't know that. It was all in one day. So they've had several audition days, but my application was accepted in January. And then the audition dates were January 18th, the 25th, uh, the 10th, and then the 18th. So you're going the last day. I am okay. because you know I need to prepare. <laughs> I need time to prepare. So, so, so in the audition, do they give you the music you play, or do you choose your own, or how does that work? Looking at the application list in the audition requirements, they give you a list of songs that are swing songs or kind of like jazzy tunes, and you have to pick one off the list. So I picked uh, all the things you are which was the jazz piece that was on the list. And then you get to pick one of your choice of any genre. So I'm picking a song called uh, Feeling Bad Blues by Ry Cooter. It is a slide piece. It is beautiful. It is just very moving. And there are no lyrics. It's just slide. Uh, And then my last piece uh, has to be one that I've worked with an instructor. That's why I'm going to play the Sawyer. Uh, Opus 16, number four. Pretty That's, intense uh, so, tryout. Yeah. It's pretty big stuff. Man. And yeah. I also have to know how to uh, play the melody on the jazz piece and how to free solo over the jazz piece as well. Okay. So it's a lot. And I'm not a jazz player by any means, so it's been a definite challenge uh, the past month. So have you seen any any videos of these auditions or have you seen what you know what's it look like? I wonder what it looks like. I have no clue. Okay. I, so I'm kinda walking in blind. I don't know what to expect. You'll be fine but, man. As yeah. long as yeah, you're prepared, I'm all you'll good. be fine. I'm I'm relaxed, you know, I'm I'm preparing and and I'm getting ready for it. And I'm more excited than I am scared, yeah. so or nervous. So know. why music therapy? Um music therapy because growing up listening to music, I noticed that it had a way with people. And um, whenever my grandmother, uh, my great-grandmother, she was in the nursing home and she had Alzheimer's, she she couldn't really remember, you know, anyone or really anyone's name. But after, you know, a couple minutes of introducing yourself, she'll be like, I kind of remember. But every single time that the church would come over, they would play organ and somehow she would remember how to sing every single word of the song, but she didn't have a songbook. Hmm. And so I was like, that's weird. I didn't even look into music there because I didn't know it existed. And, you know, just going on, you know, I liked helping people. I found out that, you know, I have a 
you know, a good heart and that I like to help people whenever they need it. Then in high school, I found out that um, there are music therapists that go to nursing homes and you can be a high school student. So you can, uh, you know, volunteer. It'll give you volunteer hours and you go basically perform in front of either elderly people or uh, sick people, um, you know, just to brighten up their day or to make them happier. And so I started doing that. And then I went to the hospital because my great grandmother, uh, Grandma Ewing, uh, whenever she was passing away, and they brought in, and I saw the music therapist. I saw a guy holding a guitar case, and I asked him, I'm like, what are you doing with a guitar case in hospice? I'm like, what are you doing? Not really the place to start strumming ACDC, dude. You know, like, it isn't the place. And he's like, well, I'm a music therapist. You know, I go in and I play for people that are sick or people that have uh, disabilities to help them figure out how to cope and work and relax and get out of a negative mindset, get out of the mindset of I'm about to die or I can't do this, I, I can't move my arm anymore or uh, I have, you know, autism so I can't, you know, do something. You know, like it, it takes, it really does help people and music scientifically helps people. And once I found that out, I was like, I want to be a part of that. So I'm guessing cool. if, since it's a, a major, I mean, this music therapy yes. will be your major. It will. So I guess, I guess you'll learn a lot of mm-hmm. uh, about the brain and yeah. how music um, impacts psychology. the brain. And, and, and I'm really naturally interested in that stuff because my mom used to watch the TV show Bones. You, do you all remember that yeah, TV yeah, show? I remember Bones. Yeah, and yeah. so they would always have... Uh, I like Castle better. Yeah, I love <laughs> Castle, dude. <laughs> Castle was one of my favorite shows. Um, but they always had like the fancy person talking about the brain, so I always was just interested in anatomy and psychology. This year, actually, I started a music therapy program at Manual. Um, and I partnered up with U of L, and at the current moment, we have about five kids, five six kids that go to our school, and a U of L uh, professor and a couple of their faculty come over with some students, and they work with the ECE department uh, of our school, and we do group therapy sessions. And um, we help the kids, uh, you know, try to get a little bit more used to being around loud sounds, you know, because some of the kids in the group, they have autism or some of them have like senses that are very, very sensitive. And so going out into the world and being a person with special needs can be really hard if you have those with loud traffic sounds and Uh, honking horns and people yelling loud music and so music therapy and us having that uh, program helps these uh, kids you know feel a little a little bit more comfortable in public and in bigger spaces with a lot more people I started all that and getting that up and running was a whole process there isn't that I know of a an actual high school music therapy program anywhere uh that i know of i might be wrong i hope i'm wrong because that would be fantastic Mm -hmm. um but i hopefully one day 
can make it a true program at manual. I've never heard this first. I've ever heard of that major. It's pretty cool. I can tell it means yeah, a lot to you when you're does. talking about it. That's cool. So Passionate. What about, uh, what about this playing live music out in bands? Is that something you want to continue? For sure. He better, <laughs> he's going to be continuing it this Friday, which uh, is going to be way past this podcast, but still. Friday? Yeah. You mean Saturday? Saturday, oh yeah, yeah Saturday. Saturday at Gerstles. The 25th, but it's just going to be way past this, but still, yep. this won't be out until <laughs> February, but pretty excited about that, I hope. I am very much so. It's been a lot of fun. So have you learned anything from, from our playing experience so far? Oh, I've learned countless things. Hopefully you've learned not to overdrink. No. You've seen well, what, well, considering you see, that you've I seen don't what, drink. Well, you've seen what it looks like. Yeah, I've definitely seen what it looks like. Uh, you've seen what sloppy drunks look like <laughs> inside the band and outside the band. Yeah. You know, there's a uh, there is so much to be learned, and that's the one thing that I've tried to I've tried to guide you in is some type yeah. of direction with some of just hey, look at that, notice that, yeah, look what that looks like. You don't want that's not something you want to yeah. mess with. Look at that. So hopefully you're learning some of that along the way. For that's that's sure. the main thing with me. Hopefully, have you had the experience yet? Of the club owner wanting to crap whore and short you at the end of the night. You don't have to say who it is, yes or no. Oh, actually, yes. Well. Yes, that one time. Remember they were really, really mad at us, and he tried to short us (laughs) 50 bucks, and then you were like, that's not the right amount. I don't remember who it was. You know, we'll, we'll, I, we'll wanna, I just after. don't. Yeah, I just we'll, don't we'll want to say names. That one. <laughs> it happens. It happens. It's happened to everybody. It's definitely it happened to everybody. Yeah. You know, even when we won a contest, it was kind of a big run around to finally yeah. chase down that money. I don't mess with it. I don't mess with the yeah. money. I could care less about it. But I'll let the yeah. other guys worry about that stuff. So they they spend their time worrying about chasing that down. I didn't have to worry about it. Hey, you're not going to get rich, are you? No. no. Not anytime soon. Look around you. Are you got rich doing this or you got a little bit for it? You got to push your retirement back a year or so just because of this room. Uh, it's been a pretty big week for you there, buddy, Brad. You, you've uh, really come a long way here in the last week. Yeah. Well, we got the sliding glass door in. We got it framed out. Uh, we've got all the baseboards down. We've got the quarter round. Looks awesome, man. I've been studying more on uh, acoustic panels and bass traps, and Sweet. you know, I think I know what I what I want to do out in the tracking room. And then, you know, this room we're here in the podcast, we'll we'll really want to dampen sound in here mm-hmm. for for monitoring. But that's the next step. I went with the. Uh, rock wool to make the acoustic panels couldn't get exactly the denser stuff which i decided i was going to go with at lowe's you had to buy like 20 packs of it in bulk you had to buy it in bulk so i'm going with the rock wool safe and sound 24 depending on what you read some people like the less dense over Mm -hmm. the more dense and but yeah i've got the idea in mind for how to how to build the base traps i'm going to start with those first and do those in the corner see what we have and then put the acoustic panels up a couple guys i've been reading seem to know what they're talking about covering about 20 percent of the walls 40 percent of the ceiling and see what we have there for the tracking room we'll want to do more than that in here i'll be uh, i'll be recruiting you i'm ready soon matter of fact we probably could go ahead and start building the frames i think those. we could heck yeah go Let's get the it. wood and build the frames yes so yeah, it's exciting. And then I also got what we're using tonight. Got the new interface in. Woo! Studio, oh, Studio yeah. 192. It's awesome. It's really nice. I it got really a, is. 
I've got a lot to learn. And she's beautiful. Nice, she's a beaut- nice controls. It's, that doesn't look too different from what I had before. A few more options. But there's another universal control, digital control that comes with it that I haven't really tapped into yet. And we had the luxury of running five microphones in this room tonight. We'll try. We'll just try to record a, record you guys on the acoustic a little bit. Yeah. And see what happens. We'll, play, we'll play us out of here. We got Tia in the house. Tia's taking some Instagram pictures. Don't forget. Tia. Yeah. What's up, Tia? Tag. Hola. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at go, Top buddy. Hill Recording. <laughs> All right, so we opened up with a song that you've been messing around with a little bit, Neil. Played your first rough mix at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. The the cool part about this song is Spencer and I sat around and yeah. came up with this. Also, Spencer wrote this song with you. Uh, lyrics I write yeah. pretty much all on my own. I don't even remember how the song came about. I don't know if we it were just... It was weird. We were just hanging out in the basement. It probably happened because you were in Drop D and yeah. we were playing Billy Strings, which is high on the list, uh, priority list of music right now. Yeah. And that happened. If we go Drop D, we usually play some some Billy Strings, yeah. uh, Turmoil and Tinfoil, and then we'll mm-hmm. play like Cover Me Up by Jason Isabel. That probably was some metamorphosis of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. we weren't, we never sit around and practice that. It no. was one of the other two. Yeah. That we were definitely messing with that led to whatever that song. Are both is. of you playing on that mix we heard at the beginning? Yeah, yes. we are. We're playing a bunch of different there's, stuff, uh, actually. There's three guitar tracks, six mm-hmm. mics. So everything was double tracked how we did with Toy. One basically at the 12, one at the Sound Hope. I think we were using the one, 181, the Shore. Yeah. And probably an MXL. Mm, we were using no, we were the using, SM57. Or were we using, we were that using the road? No, we were using the road for the vocals. Yes, but we also used it for some of the guitar for the guitar and the, and the mandolin, which is also somewhere. Which in the, there. there is a mandolin on there. You cannot yeah, you hear. Yeah, can barely, it's so barely, barely hear deep it. in the mix. It, it was adds, not meant to be there. But it adds like a level, though. It adds something. You turned it down in the mix because you it's didn't like way it. Down. We were, it was a one track deal. Yeah. That we just threw on there to yeah. mess around with, really. Know, yeah. This was just an experiment, is yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah, it was just one of those things. Here, go ahead and play it. I'll record it. Yeah. As you guys keep working on that, we'll spit it out on this podcast from time to time well, and see how it develops. We have I think stuff. the next production of that needs to yeah. be here. Okay, so I heard a bass in there, too, I thought. I played mm-hmm. the bass on oh, that He played the bass okay. on that yeah. one. There's, yeah. there's some decent parts on the bass. I felt like a bass player on that. Bro. <laughs> I was like, look at me. I am... I, I might try out for Belmont. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll do that down here. Yeah, we need to do that. We've got a... Last night we had a little bit of practice. It was supposed to be a practice, then we didn't have... Josh was sick. Doug didn't show up because he thought practice was canceled because Josh was sick. But Doug's our bass player, so we didn't have a bass player. Yeah. We just had a drummer and two guitars. So we ended up writing last night and coming up with three more songs. So the Four. last... Four? Yeah. Oh, yeah, finishing had, one. In the last probably four practices, we've gotten a record. It's crazy. And it's a it's more of a, like, country Americana record than anything else. <laughs> it really than, is. Other than Rocket, which is yeah. not any of that. It's very alternative feel. Very, like, early John Mayer. My goal was to have the acoustic treatment in place by March. What is that, six weeks? We could do that. We could build those boxes in a day. How many are you getting? It sounds like to me in the tracking room, you got to find a good balance and you don't yeah. want to overdo it. 
in the control room, oh, we, we want it pretty dead. We don't you want many reflections at all thing. in here. You don't want to hear any reverb out of the room. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to try to go with those percentages, see what we have out there, and if we need to add a few more panels. And, and so it actually not only matters the space, but where it's at on the wall. Yeah, and you it's can also crazy. you also can gives it a little different property if you put an airspace behind the panel between the panel and the wall. I'm not going to mess with that. I'm just going to have them sitting on the wall because that safe and sound has kind of some airspace in mm-hmm. it. And it's not real mm-hmm. dense. I think I've got it figured out well enough to start putting it up and and see what we get. It sounds like it'll be a pretty dramatic difference oh, once sure. we get it in place. Yeah. yeah, I'm interested to hear what this room sounds like tonight. Let's tell the setup real quick before we, we before we actually play this. We're sitting in our normal tent. So this is going to be the control room. This room is seven feet by eleven feet. But in here tonight, tonight we're going to do this little uh, acoustic session. Here's what we got. We got the tent. We got the, the moving co- blanket the tent moving. that we've talked about on several episodes. <laughs> and that's where we're sitting now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Spencer's almost in. He's out a little I'm bit. I'm out. We're going to be on the other no, side of that singing almost into the tent uh, with mics in the other side of the half yeah. open room. So it is a real engineered setup tonight. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. it's nothing pro. It no, is, let's no. see what happens. Let's it see what this room DIY sounds like. DIY sound yeah. recording studio. So we have right no now. acoustic treatment in here other than this tent, you know, and we'll try, we'll, we'll move the mics a little bit. We got a little bit of room to move those. So I'm thinking maybe drop those back a little bit and see what they sound like away from the guitars mm-hmm. and, and then closer and then, and then the height. You know, right now we have one set at about waist height and the other at head height see what happens let's see what you guys can come up with all right man spencer man it's been great it's been nice talking to you yeah thank you all for having me you're never again man i couldn't drink bourbon all night you're out (laughs) you're quite quite a different place than most of our guests have been it's been interesting to hear about uh about your experience with the performing arts school and Mm I wish you the best and hope well, you get him. Thank you very much. You remember the days when your future was still bright and in front of you? <laughs> That's where he's at right now. That's hey. a weird spot to be in. It's pretty awesome. Great times. That's Great a good time, time in your life. Don't make dumb mistakes. Do not follow your mentor. Do you know what happened? To, do you know what happened to Neil UK? Did you listen to that podcast? I still can't believe that he got a zero point zero. I don't even think that's possible. But you know, twice, I, man, twice. That, that's <laughs> the that's the most impressive part that I didn't that, just do it see, once. That is that, impressive. And I did it twice. <laughs> Stop laughing at me, T. See, I'm not gonna lie. I might not be like the most academically like inclined person, but a zero point zero, like whatever. That's man. as low as you can get. <laughs> I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> hey, I but learned, I tell you what. I tell you what, I learned a lot with that 0.0. I just want to let you know that, I, that the grade point average doesn't show how much I learned in that year. But you came home from UK, a hell of a guitar player. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I, I, never, had to, I never had to go to rehab. No. <laughs> so everything ended up okay. Spencer, thanks for joining us, man. It's been great. Good luck to you. We're gonna, Thank you very we're much. We're going to get you guys up and set up, and, and we're going to pause for a minute, and then we will play what we come up with. All right, let's get rolling. See you guys.
time I signed up on the Insulite The truth about these thoughts that always ramble on Inside my head, then they're gone I try to say that I'm a little bit frustrated A little bit lost and miseducated About the happenstance of life on this earth Been making estimations on what it's all been worth I keep coming up with the same conclusion My life has a new design and illusion Using my resources, taking courses all the time But I keep
right, boys, that wasn't bad. You got one more in you? Yeah, man, let's yeah. go. All right, I will let our right, listeners just, hear one more. We'll take it out. All right, just just to be aware, uh, we may end up cutting this because I don't know if we know the words. <laughs> okay. And when I say we, I mean me. <laughs> just mumble syllables that sound like words. That's generally what I do anyway, so it'll probably work out. Ready? Yeah. I'm gonna take my baby to Nashville for the weekend We ain't country folk, but we're gonna pretend Let's get some boots and cowboy hat I hear Broadway is where it's at I'm Gonna head to Nashville for the weekend Off of this old town And head down the road For a couple days I'm gonna take my baby To Nashville for the weekend We ain't country folk But we're gonna pretend Get me some boots And a cowboy hat I hear Broadway is where it's at to Nashville for the weekend. Play a little bit.